everyone. I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. And I'm Doug. And we're the Casual Tutors coming at you this week with an ultra special Middle Earth themed episode where we're going to be talking about some of our favorite cards coming up in the new Lord of the Rings Magic the Gathering Universes Beyond set set to pre-release next friday june 16th and then release the following friday which i believe is like the 23rd or 24th or something like that but release date's not really important we're talking about it now and yeah you totally just stamped on on the whole premise i brought to you this episode remember we're upset we're angry you got to get on my level never angry can you be upset with me please Okay, something, something, tempted by the ring, ring That's tempts you, something, exactly something. exactly right. Anyways, without further ado, let's jump into the housekeeping. Like every week, we're going to talk a little bit about our social medias. We're everywhere you find typical podcast groups. That's mainly Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Casual Tutors. We really don't care about any of those things. What we do care about is Discord, where we think everyone should join our Discord group, join our discussion. I know we had something going for a while here in spoilers, particularly about Lord of the Rings and, you know, always good discussions to be had. We also have channels for deck help, you know, other spoilers that aren't related to Lord of the Rings, magic, 40K stuff, everything you could ever want in a channel. So make sure you join, say hi, talk to us. We love talking with our community and it's really the best way to catch up with everyone. To do my own intro here, I didn't actually want this to be just a set review of the new Lord of the Rings set. I am excited about a lot of the stuff in the new Lord of the Rings set, to be clear, and we will get into it. Because there's too much good stuff, aside from the things that I absolutely loathe with the fiery passion of a thousand suns, to not get into it. But my initial idea for this episode was actually to bring all of you together today and just ask you a very simple question, which was, have you any idea what the phrase that's on a third of the card in the set, a third of the cards in this set means when it says, you're tempted by the ring? Do either one of you have any idea what that means? 110%. There's four different things that it can do. Well, four different rules, I guess, pertaining to the ring tempts Whoa, you. Don't tell me. Uh, I don't hang know. Hang on. Hang on, Matt. Do you, have this, do you have this pulled up in front of you here? I do. Are, are but you I also knew what it did before. I just didn't <laughs> want to fuck it up. So you can't, you can't be cheating like that. You can't be cheating like that. I mean, I already knew what it did before. I just, I didn't have every particular subsection of the four subsections in the particular order that they appear on the rules card for the ring tempts you because it's so complicated. It needs its own card. Listen, right, well, then I guess the fact me... that you just said all of what you just said makes me not want to know what this card or this mechanic <laughs> does. It's not even a card. It's a fucking mechanic. So here's, here's my, here's my beef with this. Okay. Essentially the ring tempts you references a token card that is double-sided and has full freaking paragraphs, like multiple paragraphs on both sides of the token card. So this kind of harkens back to a freak out that the community at large, the magic community at large had a couple months, or I guess it's probably been a couple of years ago now, uh, had probably two or three months after the release of the Strixhaven set. And I always hated this freak out that they had because everyone blamed the Strixhaven set which for the record, I absolutely love for instituting, a, I guess, a, an environment where all the cards are just super long. There's rules text everywhere. There's no flavor text anymore. Everything is just super long. And I think it's a decent critique. I didn't like that it got tied to Strixhaven specifically, especially not since it's been covered in every single set since then. But what I really don't like about 
this specific thing with the ring tempts you is that it's both a just way too freaking long and b it really goes against that mantra of reading the card explains the card because it references this huge token and you can't put it in reminder text it's just way too much information and to prove that today what i wanted to do was have everyone pull up a copy of the ring tempts you if you literally google the ring tempts you it will bring up a an mtg wiki page which will have the token on there and i want all of us to look at that token for what you would deem a reasonable amount of time and then close that page and try and explain what the ring tempts you does and i guess we'll let matt go last because he thinks he can actually he can tell you right now because he's been doing his research like some kind of nerd but how long would you guys say is a reasonable time that you would be sitting at a commander table to read a card? I would say that there is no reasonable amount of time that you, if you're playing with the ring tempts you mechanics, just like dungeons, you should have this in your token deck. Sure. But somebody you're going to do it the, for the first time at some point. And not only that, you are not necessarily the person playing it. You could be across the table. You're still going to want to know what it does. My question is what, what is a reasonable amount of time you, if you're at a table, you're playing commander and you, you reach across the table, asking the person first, obviously and say, Hey, can I, do you mind if I read that? What is the amount of time that you would be able to hold that card and feel comfortable and not like you're just holding everyone up at the table to read it? I'd probably expect it to be less than a minute before I'm like, all right, let's get this moving. Exactly. So, 30, I, I think even 30 seconds would be kind of uncomfortable, to be honest. I think you're talking like 15 seconds before you start getting side-eye, maybe. You guys think that's fair? Now, I will say in Matt's defense, if you have it in your deck, know what your cards do. Sure, I agree with that. But again, yeah, in, this, in this scenario, we're reaching across the table. Right, sure. And I, I can understand with other people, you know, hey, what does that do? But... But just my, my advice is if it's in your deck, know what your cards do. <laughs> Fair. All right. So how do you guys feel about 15 seconds? Well, apparently my opinion doesn't matter because it's an SIT answer. Matt, so Matt, you, you can't, you haven't given an opinion. So yes, you're right. Your opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> I did give an opinion. It doesn't fucking matter. The whole ring, this whole discussion doesn't fucking matter because I don't care what your cards do. You just tell me what they do. And if it sounds ridiculous, then I'll ask questions. I mean, that's kind of fair. I, I would say that's a that's a huge part of this argument is uh, anymore. I will just ask you what your commander does, because I can't be bothered to read the multiple paragraphs of text on it. And if you lie to me, great, that's fine, I guess. If you explain it poorly, I'm probably still going to read it. But most I, that that's kind of my critique of this whole situation, honestly, is that anymore. I find myself multiple times in a game night just being too lazy to actually figure out what people's cards do. Well, and I do think because that they're it, just way too damn long. It does depend then, right? It does depend on the person too, because there are going to be people like you who are like, ah, whatever. And then there are going to yeah. be people who are like, no, like let's, let's sit down and figure out how this actually works. And there's a lot of people like that. Um, I, I, I would say that I'm, I'm kind of like that too. I'm, I'm not, I I don't care if it takes a, a, a little bit. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm like, I want to see how this actually works. So if I, I if I was the one reading it, I probably wouldn't care if it took that long. If I was the one waiting for someone else to read it, I'd probably care more. <laughs> That's not my question. So I tried to set all this up 
to basically be like, all right, Kyle, I'm going to give you 15 seconds to read this token and then explain it to us all without right. looking at it after the 15 seconds. Let's so, just read the stupid a- token. <laughs> no, 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 no. I-, I want you to spend 15 seconds reading it, then close the window okay. and try and tell us what this card does. All right. Let all me, right. Let me find so it. Tell me, let, I can't let, find let, it. Let me know when you got it up and I'm going to simulate the average commander table for 15 seconds. Here you go. 15 seconds. Me okay. and Matt are going to simulate the average commander table. Cranko is broken, man. That card's that card's dumb. Don't you think that? I mean, just you just tap it and it makes goblins. Screw Cranko. Golos did not deserve to be banned. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to like an N64 worth of tokens here, and then I'm gonna crank it up a notch and go to like a PS5. It's gonna be awesome. And time. All right. Close the window and tell us what this card does, Kyle. Okay. I read the entire front and half of the back. Good. Excellent. Okay. The the creature is legendary and can't be blocked by creatures with power less than it. And when it attacks, you can draw a card and discard a card. And I think there was something about three life. Yeah. When does that happen? I don't know. I didn't get that far in reading it. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I guess, I guess normally I wouldn't read the front part of the card that doesn't really matter. And I did that. So that's fair. But I I think that is part of it. You're like, what the fuck is this? Oh, I guess this doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I guess that that's really the point I'm making is like it's just so much information for I can't really see any payoff. Honestly, I think I think in my opinion, I think the front part of it is unnecessary. I think they could have just printed the back part of it. I think if they would have done that, it would come off as a lot simpler. Yeah, really. The front half of the card is like gatherer rules text. It's like the the, the rulings yeah. you see at the bottom of the gatherer page. They're like corner cases for the card or whatever and 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 really it's all common sense stuff i mean you're talking like okay yeah sure if i don't have a creature i'm still tempted by the ring because that might trigger other things that's the same as saying oh i'm not going to combat but i still go through the combat face in case it triggers other things like it's it's totally unnecessary all right so matt you say you understand this card if you have a window in front of you close it and tell me what this card does uh, so first one is the ring bearer is a legendary creature and it can't be blocked by creatures with power greater than it. Mm-hmm. Second one is when the ring bearer attacks, you can draw a card then discard a card. Nice. Third. Well, the fourth one is one Kyle was talking about where if you deal combat damage to a player, uh, each opponent loses three life. And now I can't remember the third one either. <laughs> It's whenever your ring bearer becomes blocked by a creature, that creature's controller sacrifices it in end of combat. Ah, uh, yes, bullshit. See, yeah. I feel like I feel like I got it enough to know. It's fine. <laughs> oh, it, it, has this backfired on me now? And you this guys is fine. Like, this is this is good. <laughs> I don't know if I would say I, I mean, good. So here, here's my here, here's my main beef with this, other than just the length. It's it's just too much information for you to know without having the card, which is fine. The dungeon was like that too. You just you needed the token, and you get the token in every freaking pack you open. So these these tokens will be everywhere. They won't be hard to get. That's not really that big a deal. The big thing for me is that you do have to carry that extra token. One and two, it's none of this is like good. It's not worth the hoops that it's making you jump through. Like it, it gives your stuff skulk. It loots once. It sacks on blocks and then loses three life. None of this is like splashy at all. None of it matters. It is just introducing this gigantic wall of text for not much. 
essentially. I actually think it's weird because the one ring card has downside to it. Whether that downside is really all that crazy or as bad as it should be is up for debate, but it does have a downside to it. Why is tempted by the ring? I guess the, the creature has to attack. That's the downside. Yeah, but you got to remember too, the ring bearer creature isn't some unique creature. You, every time you get tempted by the ring, you can literally choose a new creature to become the ring bearer. So it having to attack doesn't, you know, as long as you're playing more than one creature, isn't going to be detrimental to your game plan. So thematically, it doesn't make any sense then. <laughs> no, like there, there's no, the ring rates can suddenly see you and like fuck your day up or anything like that. It's, it's just straight beneficial to you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right. that's that is that's what's weird to me. Unless about you it. can't read, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Guilty. Guilty. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I, again, maybe I'm I'm old man yelling at clouds here. Uh, but I think that that's my two things here. Is it? We've already got cards that are just way too long, and then this I think just makes it worse for little to no gain. And not only that, but they did a poor job. Unlike say stickers, no one really gives a shit about stickers because you can just kind of ignore them. Unfortunately, with this set, there's a lot of good cards that have already been spoiled that care about this. There's, there's several of them that are even maybe seeing CEDH play. I, so like you're, you're going to have to give a shit about this at some point. I think, I think you are old man yelling at clouds, Doug. <laughs> I really do. Now that I've, I've read it, I, I don't think it's that bad. I think that there are some overarching mechanics, such as Monarch as well, that you should just get get a copy of the token and just carry it around with you. I think it's right, a good idea you, to do anyways. If you don't have a Monarch token, I can explain that in 10 seconds, and I don't remember the last time I read a Monarch token. It's really, really simple. I will always have a Monarch token. It's the best mechanic. No, I, man, I, I got dry erase tokens for everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there, there is that too. <laughs> there is that too. But I'm just saying, especially if... if if they really are going to shove this into uh, every other pack or whatever, it's going to be extremely common to get this token. Then just just have a copy of the freaking token. I, I don't I think don't this is any that. worse than dungeons, though. To be honest, dungeons. I guess dungeons are less so because dungeons are. Wait, does this super complicated long tokens that no one knows in their entirety? I suppose. I suppose yeah. this would be another one where. Hold on, let me. I, don't know, I guess my critique on that is dungeons yeah. are fun and this is bullshit. Yeah, it's the same you know, thing. Obviously that's coming from a place of bias, but it's the same thing. If you play with dungeons, get the dungeon tokens, keep the dungeon tokens. If you play with tempted by the ring, get the tempted by the ring token, <laughs> keep the tempted by the ring token. Yeah, but I don't want to, have to read that shit. Even better. <laughs> if you have this deck, put it in a mox field and it literally puts the tokens you need in front of you in mox field. No, oh, sure, 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 sure. But if you're building a deck that, uses this you should know that it uses this it's not like uh is it a three three or a four four beast you know what i mean it's it's pretty easy to know you need this token by, by the way uh architect does the same thing so get your mox field elite doesn't matter here okay <laughs> i know what what happened man i still like architect except the ads kind of piss me off sometimes but hey what are you gonna do everyone's gonna make money yup okay so i i've made my point i dragged you guys through a useless exercise that that Matt fought me every inch on uh, throughout the whole process. Uh, what now? We talk about cool cards now? We talk about how cool Commander is and how all stuff coming to Commander is cool? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, I might be an old man yelling at crowds, but I, I absolutely actually love every card in this set that doesn't say Tempted by the Ring on it. And there's even a couple that say Tempted by the Ring on it that I'm begrudgingly probably going to play anyway. So it, it's a fun set. It really is. I want to go first. I want to go first. Go. My favorite card from this set, and it's a tribe that's existed for a long time that's had various power levels of commanders printed for it, but that's going to be Shalob, Child of Ungliant, or whatever. It's a big-ass spider demon that is Death Touch, War 2. Other spiders you control have Death Touch and War 2. Whenever another creature dealt damage this turn by a spider you control dies, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's a food artifact with two tap sacrifices artifact you gain three life and it loses all other card types huge flavor win like easily the best spider commander i think without even you know any kind of debate possible on that and it's just huge huge win for lord of the rings fans well there's a couple shelobs actually and i kind of like all of them to be honest and can we just appreciate the tribal support in this set i was not expecting i mean i should have expected especially with some of like the tree folk and stuff like that but my god the tribal support is like in full force to the point where we're literally getting a vanquishers banner reprint yeah i i kind of was listening to reprints in our discord earlier today that we saw announced today as of the day of recording um so a week ago i guess is the time of the release uh that are in these sets and there's there's some really really nuts ones uh reanimate living death swan song aestheticism i think almost all of those are at least over ten dollars maybe not living death uh heroic intervention is definitely expensive as all get out lightning greaves genesis wave the azores talisman vanquisher's banner there's there's a ton of just really really good reprints throughout the commander decks here and and not only that but they're going to get sweet alternate lord of the rings art which is going to be cool too matt i didn't mean to cut you off i'm sorry well, I mean, that's pretty much all I had to say about it. It's a sweet, big-ass spider commander for Golgari, which is, you know, well in the wheelhouse of spiders. I think it's just easily, like, a standout commander for spider lovers everywhere. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Who wants to talk about their next favorite? Can I talk about my, my favorite tribal commander from this set? <laughs> sure. It's, it's Shadowfax. My God, I can't wait to make Boros horses. Dude, why would you want Shadowfax when you could do mono blue horses with Bill, Bill, what the fuck is his name? Bill Branigan or whatever. Oh, right, right. Let me just dig up all the mono blue horses. Uh, I looked it up earlier. There's like 25 with changelings and most of them are God awful (laughs) and none (laughs) of them make tokens. I think, uh, I think white and red are the colors for horses, Doug. (laughs) You could be right, but I still will be forcing Bill Fernie, Bree Swindler, okay? And it's going to happen. Uh, he's going to make a ton of treasures and give people my horses. Listen to me. Hasty horses, hasty horses, and free onto the battlefield horses? Show me the meaning of haste, Shadowfax. <laughs> I'm so excited. Shadowfax is so cool. I do really love the flavor win on Shadowfax as a whole. It's amazing. It is one of the cards that I was excited about in this set. I am kind of mad that I still don't have a Pegasus commander, but obviously that wouldn't work for Lord of the Rings anyway. But uh, yeah, like like Shadowfax is awesome. I agree. Okay. Which I guess brings us to like my favorite card of the set, which is not a commander at all. <laughs> Palantir of Orthanc. If you don't know what Palantir is, it's the gigantic ball that uh, the Hobbit stares into and then, you know, Gandalf gets to tell him he's an idiot for like the fourth time in the, in the movie series. Uh, but... The actual card here is essentially trying to be 
kind of bad for Xy Arena, but I don't think it succeeds. <laughs> it's a three mana legendary artifact. It says at the beginning of your instep, put an influence counter on Palantir of Orthanc and Scry 2. Then target opponent may have you draw a card. If they don't, you mill X cards where X is the number of counters on it, and then that player loses life equal to the total mana value of those cards. In other words, if you are a self-mill deck, this is the most amazing thing ever because they're not going to let you self-mill and you're just going to scratch you and draw a card for three mana every single turn, including the turn you play it, which is better than Phyrexian Arena. If, you're, if they do make the mistake of letting you do it, which on turn one is maybe something you would do, you're going to start losing a ton of life and you're going to mill cards into your graveyard as well, which is basically like drawing cards in a self-mill deck anyway. So Demir decks, you're going to absolutely love this thing. Yes. Maybe even Esper decks. Could be, could be. Stretch, I know. <laughs> Adding white these days, kind of kind of questionable. No, not at all. White has always been the best ally color. Like if you're going <laughs> to add, if you're going to add a color to any of your decks, white is the, Deck, why does the color to add to it? Hold on, I dropped an S somewhere around yeah, here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was sarcasm. <laughs> oh, I see, I see. We, it's it's been decided that white is in fact the best color. No, no. <laughs> by but, Kyle. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay. Black's the best color, but white's a close second. I would yeah. say third, but yeah, it definitely third behind it what? Up. Don't say green because it's not green. Speaking <laughs> of which, by, by the way, with, speaking of, of black being the best color, um. I can honestly say that I was going through this list of spoilers today and uh, black in general. I, I had trouble not just making every card I liked in the set black. Orcish Bowmasters is seeing CDH buzz for great reason. It's a two mana, one one with flash that when it enters the battlefield and whenever an opponent draws their second card each turn, it deals one damage to, or second or more cards each turn. For each draw, it deals one damage to any target, and then you amass orcs one. In other words, if you wheel with this thing, you're going to deal 21 damage and deal uh, and have a 21-21 on the battlefield for each wheel you do with this. Yes. It's and absolutely insane. <laughs> I have Doug's actual favorite black card right here in front of me. It's mm. Urukai Berserker. It is a 3-2 for two and a black. Orc Berserker, when it enters the battlefield, the ring tempts you. All-star right now going in every Doug deck that has black. So, so hang on, what does that do? It makes it legendary and then we stop giving a shit? It, I'm pretty sure that's what happens, right? There's like three other things, but if you forget what it does, the back of the card also has four layers of reminder text that help you figure it out. Okay, okay, okay. We need to talk about the most important thing around the orcs. None of these cards matter because a mass is back, which is the most important thing. Everything else, forget about it. A mass is cool. It's a great mechanic. And now it's including orcs. And it's kind of confusing because the original mass doesn't say zombies on it, but it still works. You'll figure it out. It's no, awesome. I'm not going to be an old man yelling clots about this at all. Like, it is awesome. It's not confusing at all. It's mm. just like you get an orc army instead of a zombie army. And then if you have a zombie army, army already, it becomes a zombie orc army. And that's also fucking cool as hell. Yeah. Who cares? And a I, mass is awesome. And I just realized that I lied earlier. As much as I like the Urukai captain as a mass commander, Sauron, the Dark Lord, is the best mass commander. Uh, Easily, yeah. He's very good. It does suck thematically because... I mean, I guess it doesn't suck thematically if you think about it, but it kind of does because I hate the fact that the commander's not an orc, but whatever. So uh, you talked about other cards, but I'm still on this like mono-black uh, creatures with flash that are amazing. Uh, Lobelia Sackville Baggins is the next one on my list. <laughs> yeah. 
It's uh, got it's a three mana two three with flash and menace. When it enters the battlefield, exile target creature card from an opponent's graveyard that was put there from the battlefield this turn, and then create X treasure tokens where X is the exiled creatures or the exiled card's power. It's a uh, this is going to be a hot take that is obviously incorrect, uh, but this is fixed goblin uh, or fixed dockside extortionist in an amazing way with flash. I love this card. It's amazing. I just immediately want to proxy it, but use a picture of Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures. See, like, I, I don't know why. Oh, I, I just, love I, Ghost Adventures. Uh, see, I, I know the Lord of the Rings reference here, and I have no idea what you Zoomers are talking about. It's just his last name is Baggins, and he like emphasizes it in the show that it's pronounced Baggins because he doesn't want to be called a hobbit. Huh. Yeah, cool anyways. Cool story, bro. My favorite card next up on the list is also not a legendary commander card, but it is a white instant for white and one called slip on the ring. And it's just, you know, flicker didn't have enough support. So we're just going to give another one on and it has Doug's favorite text stapled onto it because flicker needed to be better. And that's yeah. exile target creature. You own then returning to the battlefield under your control. The ring tempts you. This was one of the cards I was talking about where I, I hate that it has the ring tempts you on it, but at, at the end of the day, I will probably have at least one deck that plays this card. It, it's yeah. so unnecessary because Flickr is already super strong in like every format it exists in. So why not just staple on a giant rules text card? <laughs> All right, I got, I got one more mono black card while I'm just bogarting everything. Can we talk about Gollum Scheming Guide? Because it's another... You guessed it, two mana mono black creature. <laughs> uh, this is fixed Bob. If you guys don't know Dark Confident Bob, uh, it, it's a two mana two one that flips the top card of your deck every upkeep and you lose life equal to the mana cost of that card and then put it in your hand. This is not that good, but Bob also costs a lot of money. Gollum Scheming God, on the other hand, has you play a riddle game and maybe you get the card and maybe you don't every time he attacks. So what he says is he's a two-mana two-one. He says, whenever Gollum Scheming Guide attacks, look at the top two cards of your library, put them back in any order, so you kind of get to choose, then choose land or non-land. An opponent guesses whether or not you're lying, and then you reveal a card. If they guessed right, you remove Gollum from combat so he doesn't get killed in combat or anything. He just doesn't attack that turn. If they guess wrong, you draw a card, and he can't be blocked that turn. So this is like, it's a mini game and card draw all in one on a super efficient package. It's, I, I think, my favorite creature in the set I've seen so far. Kyle, you've named one card and you talked about a mass, which doesn't count, I don't think. So what's your second favorite card? My favorite non-creature card is probably Doors of, uh, Doors? <laughs> Doors of Durin, except, so I think Doors of Durin is really cool. Uh, basically, it says whenever you attack Scry 2, then you may reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put it on the battlefield tapped and attacking. That right there. Awesome. Such a cool card. But it also says until your next turn, it gains Trample if you control a Dwarf and Hexproof if you control an Elf. I get it thematically. I get it why it says that. But to be completely honest, I think they could have dropped it a single mana, made it two a red and a green, and just gotten rid of that last sentence entirely. You're right. I mean, it would have kind of been it would have been comparable to sneak attack at that point. Not as good, obviously, because nothing can be. But 
it would have been like comparable to sneak attack at that point, which would have been cool. Yeah. And still playable, still a good card, still fun. Um, I love, I, I love attack triggers. I love, um, I was looking at Gimli mournful, whatever earlier too. I like, I like this kind of shoving gruel back into that aggro attack combat stuff. I, I feel like we've been kind of experimenting with gruel over the last like year or so where we've seen commanders do kind of weird things in those colors. And so I like this, this return to gruel attacks. I also like the fact that you're going to be revealing the top card of your library. And instead of what a lot of these cards do is they just straight up, you reveal it, whatever it is, it is. It gives you that scry two first. I like that. Scry's a big deal. We haven't really talked about any of the mechanics of this set, but Scry's a big deal in it as is food. Uh, both of those are getting a ton of support. So if you were one of the people that was mad that we had like one Scry matters card in the history of magic with all these other different Scry things, uh, that's about to change. There's a ton of Scry matters cards in this in this set. Yep. Also, a whole commander deck that's very food centric. So if you like food mechanics, it's back in a big way with all the Hobbit shit that's going on. Yeah, I was going to say like, Two-thirds of the hobbits have food printed on them. And it should be just three-thirds. 100%. Oh, hobbits only care about food. It, That's right. It is true. It is true. But what about second breakfast, bitches? Yeah, I don't know. Second breakfast is usually a good idea. What also is a good idea, like Doug has already you know, elaborated on thoroughly, is playing black in this set. And I have two favorite black cards that are not commanders that I think are going to be big wins. One is a Village Rights-esque card called Nasty N for one in a block instant. As an additional cost to cast this, car, cast this spell, sacrifice a creature, draw two cards. If the sacrifice creature was legendary, draw three cards. Already, you know, if it was just draw two cards, not as good as uh, Dark Bargain or those other ones that also make treasures and stuff like that when you stack a creature. But with how prevalent the set is going to be with the ring making, you know, everybody's creatures, at, you know, at least everybody's going to have a legendary creature at some point on the board. So, you know, stacking your legendary creature and immediately getting it back with something that tempts you with the ring is not going to be a big deal. So two mana, draw three for the cost of a creature that no one really cares about seems pretty good. The second black card I want to talk about is for another archetype of commander decks that needed no additional support, but I guess at least that it's in black. So there is that, not that, you know, Jund colors don't exist. And that's support for the treasure archetype that I'm going to be mentioning here. But it's three in a black for a Mirkwood Bats. It is a creature bat with flying and whenever you create or sacrifice a token each opponent loses one life and it's a two three so not totally irrelevant but it dodges you know some small removals it doesn't dodge lightning bolt notably because we could bolt the bat thank god but just i mean i i talked about treasures just because treasures are so popular wherever you go but any token and it makes it pings all your opponents when it makes it and sacrifices it so like just automatic into every known treasure deck that has black. I totally miss this. People were talking about this card like it was crazy, and I was like, I don't understand. There's a whole bunch of like common four mana uh, blood artists out there. Why would you care about this card? I totally miss that it just says token on it, not creature token. That is yeah. kind of nuts. Yeah, and the fact that you get the the trigger on the create or the sacrifice, like yeah. triggers are already, already stacking up in the treasure decks, and I can see it coming. What's the name of the card? Merkwood Bats. Well, I just wanted to look it up so I could read it myself. I just wanted to see it, man. It's a bat. 
<laughs> oh, and right. printed it uncommon? Common. Or common. Uh, so real quick, I had one that I wanted to talk about that I think is bad. <laughs> it, it's a card that I think had a lot of potential, and it was really cool when I first saw it. Uh, I also really just like the name a lot. Uh, and that's... Oh. What? We did all our negativity in the front half here. What are you going? What are you doing negativity on the back half? I know. For? I'm sorry. I just I, I like the card, and I just I wish it was better. Uh, it's a uh, fear, fire, and foes. It's an uncommon. It, it it's kind of like a, a fireball. It's it's X and a red. Damage can't be prevented this turn. I like that it says damage at all. Just any damage can't be prevented this turn. Not this damage can't be prevented. But it deals X damage to target creature and one damage to each other creature with the same controller. I didn't read that with the same controller the first time I read this. <laughs> um, and I think it would have been a lot better if it, even, even just one damage. I actually really like a lot of the deals one damage to each creature spells or, or deals small amounts of damage to each creature spells. Um, I just think it's a cool card. I like the card. I like the name of the card. And I just wish the card was better. Fair. Total, totally fair. Yeah. So there's a, a crap ton of other cards we can go over. The pre-con list came out today on the day that we're recording this. They don't look exceptionally stacked. There's a few good few good cards, as always, notably the Entomb being in one of those decks, and then another deck having one of the Battle Bond lands in it. Why all four of them didn't? I guess that's, you know... They really are just, they're really just kind of petering those out. They, they're, yeah, they're it's real weird. But, you know, we could go on for a long time talking about this, but, you know, it, that, that doesn't leave us any room to talk about it with you guys in our Discord. So make sure you jump in there. Tell us what your favorite cards are from this set. Tell us how disappointed you are in the Bring Temps shoe mechanic, or if you think we're just complete idiots and it's going to be a stellar EDH staple that every deck plays 100% of the time, to Doug's dismay. Yeah, tell come. us how much you don't want to read. Also... Tell us how awesome it is to make podcasts after you hear how easy it is using the tool that we use through Spotify for podcasters. Anyways, that's enough shilling. You know, we're super excited for Lord of the Rings. Make sure you hit up your LGSs next Friday. Well, I guess that will be tomorrow as this episode releases. And join in those pre-release events. It's going to be awesome. The set should be stacked for sealed. And, you know, everyone loves stamp promo cards. But without further ado, I'm Matt. I'm Kyle. And I'm Doug. And we're the Casual Tutors. Thanks for listening. Optimal outro. <laughs> <laughs>